Larry D. Nice to see you. Good to see you, brother. Are we live or taping? Oh, we're taping, yeah. And yeah. I, I'm going to edit the beginning so that it starts seamless and stuff. And well, I've been edited before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no threat to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe I won't. <laughs> uh, you know, just before we start, uh, no, you know what, let's start. I want to, uh, this is Robert Platzhorn, who I'm talking with, and I want Robert to read a little excerpt from your book, The Black Tuna Diaries. Uh, it's It was taken from the book. I bought this book off you, and I read it actually while I was on board a friend's 100-foot charter boat in uh, Saint in Fort Myers. So it was a great read. That's it. So it was a great read, and I was in a great location. And I'm going to put a link so people can uh, pick up this book because you have it still in softcover, right? It's available? Yes. 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 So I will put a link to that because... What an incredible read. And just to let people know what we're going to be talking about soon, but we're going to talk about your pitchman days first. But I want to let people, I want to read this. This is from the Black Tuna Diaries. This is a true account of the life of America's most written about marijuana smuggler. Between the accounts of his smuggling adventures, Robert tells his life story as a member of the South Street Gang his years as an actor, a famous pitchman, a successful entrepreneur in American England, a bullfighter in Spain, a TV producer, a smuggling pilot, and a big game fisherman. And I want to scoot down to, so we can date this, on May the 1st, 1979, President Jimmy Carter's Attorney General, Griffin Bell, called a press conference in the nation's capital to announce the arrest and the indictment of the Black Tuna Gang, that's your gang, and Bell called the tunas the slickest, the most sophisticated smart pot smugglers of the 70s. Whoa. So that is going to be coming up, and uh, that that's such an incredible story. Um but it pales in comparison to the 29 years that you spent in federal prison for a non-violent crime. So let's save that story as a little teaser coming up. But first, Robert, again, thank you so much for uh, taking this time to see me today. Always a joy and a pleasure. Well, Robert, uh, you and I share one passion, which is pitching. Uh, so I want you to take me back to the first day you ever pitched, it was Atlantic City on the boardwalk. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. T tell me about that life and what was your first product? What was your first pitch? Take, take us through <laughs> that. All right. I'm in Atlantic City. Uh, I have graduated high school. And uh, for the last year, I had been uh, playing second male lead in an off-Broadway show, Tennessee Williams, uh, which uh, was made into a movie suddenly last summer with a Taylor. In any case, we were supposed to hit the road for the summer, play the summer theaters. And uh, the first theater that was booked was on the Atlantic City Boardwalk. Uh, at the time, my mom had an old hotel on Virginia Avenue in Clearfield. And uh, living there 
for some of the great old pitchmen, Joe McGee, uh, Maggie from London was living yes. there. Yes. Uh, Jules Lasky. Uh, there was the, the whole the whole boardwalk crew was staying at my mom's hotel, <laughs> and uh, when I went to start rehearsals for suddenly last summer, we got canceled out. The theater got closed. So now I'm at odds and ends, and. Uh, I know I got to start making a living, putting away some money for college. And uh, here's these pitchmen working on the boardwalk. And they used to hang out in my mom's kitchen and drink coffee. And I'd listen to the stories. I'd see their paychecks. Yes. Now, uh, this is like 19. And their average paychecks are five and eight hundred they go out on the Paris and the shows they're making a thousand a week this was huge money this was like bigger than theater money that I could make acting so uh, I figured I could do that and I uh, presented myself my 18 year old self uh, at Pennsylvania in the boardwalk the Morris brothers at the store there facing out onto the boardwalk and they were pitching the Blender Queen liquefier. I had watched the pitch probably two dozen times. And I went up and said, I can do this. And they say, hey, kid, too young. <laughs> At the time, the blender was a $40 joint, $39.95. And you have to think of that in terms of the era, because down the street at uh, St. James in the boardwalk, pitching the dialomatic with the chopper. It was a $3 package at that time. Yes. And one hell of a package. Eventually they got it up to five bucks and they really got well with it. <laughs> uh, but they were pitching that and they were pitching. And uh, the food knife was like a $2 ton. So going for $39.95. Uh, was almost unheard of in the pitch business. These guys were the elite. You get 40 bucks from a stranger standing out front. Anyway, I am kind of memorized the pitch. And uh, when I'm told Archie Morris, did you know Archie? I, I knew of him uh, back then. I didn't get in until 1979, but I knew, I knew the name Archie Morris. And Arnold Morris, of course, and, you know. Ruby Morris. Ruby Morris, of course. And Ruby, I did meet, yes. And, you know, they were all cousins to the Popeils. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, I present myself to Archie and said, I'm ready to go. I think it was a Friday or a Saturday. He said, all right, kid, you got the midnight pitch. <laughs> pitch. Boardwalk. On a Friday or Saturday, back in the days when there were thousands of people out on the boardwalk, and, and uh, by midnight were either drunk or on their way somewhere. Uh, stopping a tip is hard enough. <laughs> I don't remember if I valued the tip or if Archie, and then he owed the tip to me. He 
used to like to do that. He could get monster tips, even in the middle of the winter when there was nobody on the boardwalk. Uh, eventually, he, he became the tip man for the, uh, for the jam auction. Yes. In any case, they put me up on the boardwalk at midnight. Anyway, I get up, I make the midnight pitch, and the tip loves me. Uh, I think I might have turned one machine, too, which was a miracle. And uh, next thing I know, I'm on my way to the Allentown Fair to work with Joe McGee, the fiddling farmer from Tennessee. Did you know Joe? <laughs> no. Uh, he was around your time, in fact. Yeah. Uh, Again, a name I knew, but I never met him. Yeah. Yeah, according to... Uh, Billy, he's still around somewhere, still yeah. alive, Joe McGee. Wow. Ruby. Ruby, uh, Bruce, yes. Yeah. Anyway, I go out, and uh, that was my initiation. I went from the boardwalk to uh, the Allentown Fair, 